uh, essentially was the uh, whole uh, the whole of that entire thing. And apparently the entire locker room and the Kansas City Chiefs, all the players that are currently there, started mumbling about, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's the way management feels. I don't, I don't believe they, they, they consider – uh, they don't consider uh, us at all and basically can let us go on a voicemail. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And um, But it's interesting because if you might recall, Ryan, they hired John Dorsey to be the kind of the yes man for Andy Reid, but it looks like Andy Reid's going to take over there. Let me ask you a, a, maybe a better question about that because really who cares about John Dorsey? But Andy Reid, you know, he kind of runs everything anyway. How do you feel about Andy Reid kind of going forward with the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I think, you know, you know me, I'm a big picture kind of person. I think this is uh, it's just uh, symptomatic of uh, of the one of the bigger issues in the NFL. Um, you know, you have one good coach, and I, um, you know, I think the other the other two best coaches in football are both in college, in Harbaugh and um, Saban. So, um, and, th- and then there's just a bunch of dysfunctional organizations. Um, short of a sexual assault or, you know, a, a crime being committed, when you're this far in the offseason – just ride it out with the guy. I just, it's the same thing, the same thing with the Buffalo um, debacle. I just, I, uh, I just categorically disagree with letting somebody run your entire off season right up until camp and then releasing them. Um, yeah. You know, that leaving Macklin a voicemail is in poor taste. Although let's take it with a grain of salt because um, you know, the, the old saying hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned. Um, well, you know, maybe, maybe one of these millionaires uh, overpaid millionaires when they get released are, uh, are usually e- equally as catty. So, um, you know, <laughs> okay. I, I, I take what Macklin said with a grain of salt. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a case where Macklin was dodging the phone call trying to avoid this. And then finally, finally, Dorsey gets upset and gets fed up and just goes, fine, I'll leave your voicemail. Um, but yep. with that said, um, Andy Reeves a boob. Um, you know, I think, I think it's very, very rare that somebody, you know, it's, you know, let's use an NBA analogy because that's what's been on my mind the last couple of days. Uh, the Phil Jackson right. debacle in New York right now. Very rarely yeah. is somebody wow. – are good court a good coaches, good executives, and good executives, good coaches. Bill Belichick has been the the uh, the exception, not the rule. So, um, you know, Andy Reid, like, what are what are Andy what is Andy Reid's strength in football? Um, X's and O's. You know, multitasking, time management. Um, how many times in big games we've seen lose sight of the clock? And now now you want to add on to the plate, you know, personnel decisions for a guy yeah. who already seems a little overwhelmed um, with what's on his plate. So. Um, you know, no pun intended. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I would say, you know, I don't, I don't see it working out. And Kansas City is one of those teams, you know, um, they, they, I mean, not, not just because he's there, but they're, they're the early 2000s Eagles. You know, they're good. You know, they're upper, they're upper B class, and they got some great players. You know, you had Brian Dawkins, you have Eric Reed. You know, um, you, you know, you, it's not that there's not marquee players um, in both those teams, but. You know they're not they're not good enough to get over the hump, and you know the biggest equation is that they have a bad quarterback. So um, unless Andy Reid can uh, can find a way, sitting at the you know the the middle, the end of the middle to the early late draft dra- draft to to find a good quarterback, um, it doesn't really matter who's uh, who's in charge there. Yep, uh, totally agree. All right, well that's uh, that's some breaking news for everybody. A little bit of analysis on what we think is going to happen, and let's go ahead and get rolling of all what we got to talk about today. All right, Ryan, I think I want to start with uh, a little bit about some of these new free agent pickups. And I know there's one in particular that you want to talk about, and that is David Harris, longtime New York Jet, now picked up by your New England Patriots. Tell me about that. How do you feel about David Harris moving over to the, to the New England Patriots, good, bad, otherwise? <laughs> oh, just, 
oh, the Knicks keep getting richer. Oh, God, is it so good to be a Patriot fan. Um, this, <laughs> I, I've been teetering on this. I'm fully over it now. I, I'm making the proclamation. This, this roster, as constructed, would beat the crap out of the 07 Patriots. It would beat the crap out of the 04 Patriots. And it would beat the crap out of the 14 Patriots, which are their, their three wow. best teams, even though they didn't win. Um, they're loaded. Absolutely loaded front to back. It is I've never seen a roster constructed like this before. And I'll just run through it quickly and then touch on Harris. But um, as I've said multiple times, um, the only really position of weakness for me was Kostowski um, at kicker going into this year. Um, with that said, I would say the linebacking core was thin. You know, because if Hightower misses, then you have a Landon Roberts, Shane McClellan, and Kyle Van Noy stepping up as your, as your three starters, which they had to do in a couple games last year, and the linebacking core was good enough to win a Super Bowl, and I actually am higher on those guys than a lot of people are around here, except for not Hightower, obviously, with the other three. Um, but now you have a guy who's recorded 100 tackles for the last five years, who put up 96 combined tackles last year, so only four shy of doing it five straight years. He's missed, I think, six career games, uh, six, you know, six starts in his uh, what, uh, 10-year career now. I think he's a seven-draft class. Um, so, you know, he averages over 15 games played a season. He is attacking the team. He's not a cover guy, but the Pats have enough athletic outside linebackers. They just need him to come in and fill as a thumper in the middle in the run situations and on first and second down. Um, it frees up, you know, to go into a 3-4 and let Hightower just blitz up the middle. I mean, as we've addressed, the receiving core that was that – was, a strength last year and won the Super Bowl, added Brandon Cooks. The tight ends, we brought in Dwayne Allen, the Gronk's back. You bring Gilmore in on the defense. You retain Hightower. You have a stud defensive line. You added depth to it during the, the draft. The offensive line has, has depth. You have depth of tight ends. I mean, hell, you have depth of quarterback. You know, you have arguably a top 15 quarterback as your backup right now. And then you have, you know, they're going to have to cut somebody from, from running back because all of a sudden a position of weakness for years. And there's also now they have five guys fighting over four positions. Um, with all the signings they did there this year. So, um, you know, just the, the one spot that they could, that they could have added anybody was, was backup linebacker, and they just brought this guy in. Hightower, you can schedule him for two to three missed the season. Um, and when he is, you have the captain of the Jets defense. One of the few Jets I never hated, because unlike the rest of those uh, punks during the Rex Ryan era, um, he never really ran his mouth. Um, he was just a, a professional, consummate pro, came out and uh, – up the middle and those guys uh, kind of into the defense. So, um, like I yep. said, the best way to sum it up is the rich get richer. Yeah, David Harris uh, is definitely one of those guys, never really a trash talker, just a solid, solid play caller on the defensive side, something that I think will be very helpful to free up Dante Hightower to do a couple other things. I totally agree with you know, the way you, you look at this. I think this is a great pickup. He's a great veteran presence, 10-year veteran. Uh, they only got, they got him for a two-year, $5 million contract, a second-year option. So basically they really can do a lot with him and not be really tied down. Um, so he's a perfect guy to be there. He's still hungry for a championship. He's going to run that uh, that defense on certain downs. Maybe you can use him on first and second downs, give Dante Hightower a little bit of a break, let him play on the outside, let him do some other things. Um, it's a good pickup. It's a really good pickup. It's, uh, you know, I mean, that he, he definitely has something left in the tank. Now he's 33, so he might not have much more left in the tank. It's not 100% of his tank, but uh, I think it's enough to make it a, a savvy pickup by the Patriots. All right, let's move on to the next guy, and it's Eric Decker. We talked a lot about him last week and what we thought he had left, but he has since been signed to the Tennessee Titans 
for $3.85 million on a one-year contract. Um, really, it's an interesting deal because it's a lot less than what Jeremy Macklin got from the Ravens. He uh, Decker essentially gets a, a $1.35 million base salary, $2.5 million signing bonus, and then he has some incentives at about 1.5. So he's taking a pretty significant pay cut from what he had with the Jets, which is about six and a half million. So tell me, but what do you think, though? I mean, he obviously this is a team he wanted to play for. Uh, he wanted an opportunity to compete. This definitely will be a team that can compete. What do you think about Eric Decker and the Tennessee Titans? You know, it's a pretty low risk move um, by Tennessee. One year, obviously, Sheldon out decent money, so. Um, you know, uh, I, I forget what the guarantee is on it, but, uh, you know, I, I would assume he's going to make that roster this year because they're not exactly loaded at receiver. Um, so I think he has a, job to come, a, a chance to come in and uh, compete here. But, um, you know, my, my issue goes back to the same thing it was last week. Um, in, the, in this day and age, in 2017, it's no longer, you know, knee, knee injuries are no longer career-ending. The, the two worst injuries you can have, in my opinion, um, as a skill position player in the NFL – are to have hip problems and to have back problems, uh, and he's got a you know he has a hip, so that that's concerning to me. Um, one year deal, low risk, like I said. So, um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he just if he's not out on the field till week fourish, you know, if he gets off to a real slow start and they got to ease him in, and then um, you know I just I don't and then what does it, what does he give you down the stretch? So, you know, again a low risk signing. So from Tennessee's standpoint, it makes sense. But if I'm a if I'm you know if I'm living down in uh, Tennessee right now I'm not I'm not running out and buying uh buying any uh, Eric Decker jerseys. Yeah, you know, I, I auto upgrade for their existing uh, running uh, existing wide receiving core as long as he stays healthy. That's basically uh, how I feel about it as well. So you know, I was going to talk about Bolden, but let's wait until some new news comes out from him because what I end up here, I'm hearing now is that Anquan Bolden is actually going to wait until closer to training camp to sign with somebody. I'm certain someone will take a chance on him and see what they can get out of him. But, uh, you know, there's nothing really much to report on him. So let's turn our attention uh, and ring the bell right now and turn our attention uh, to the next thing that we want to do, and that's actually uh, talk about the NFC East and what's going on there and what we expect to happen in 2017. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. 13-3 last year, first in NFC North. uh, Sorry, first in the NFC East, lost in the divisional round. Uh, it's interesting to see what, what's going to happen going forward, but they seem to be pretty loaded into the future. They lost a couple people, including Doug Free, who's retired, Ronald Leary, Brandon Carr, Morris Claiborne, and J.J. Wilcox, but they added a lot in, the ten, in uh, Jonathan Cooper, Nolan Carroll, Robert Blanton, and then they drafted Taco Charlton, Shadobi Awuzi, Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods, and Marquez White. So what do you think about the Dallas Cowboys? Will they be able to take it to the next level next year, and what do you think about what they did in the offseason? Yeah, so I almost, almost, you know, some self-loathing. I uh, hate myself here sometimes for being such a contrarian, but uh, it is who I am. Um, so when, <laughs> okay. when everyone was for all the shot and Floyd of uh, of the Cowboys of being bad, um, you know, I rooted for them to be relevant again. Um, I, I do love Des Bryant, and um, you know, I think, you know, when we first started, when I first joined uh, Football Garbage Time here, um, I think it still says in my byline on the on the website on my pro, pro, uh, profile. How upset I was about that Des Bryant, uh, you know, non, non, or the catch that wasn't in uh, in Green Bay right. a couple years yep. ago. But now, <laughs> right. that, now that they've kind of risen to the top, I'm kind of rooting for them just to be smacked back down again. Um, you know, second only to Buffalo Bills fans, Dallas Cowboys fans are the most insufferable human beings. Um, with with Pittsburgh at a close third, just so I can get my, all my shots in there and Jets fourth. Um, but right. with the Cowboys, 
um, they've lost too much on, on defense, um, I think. You know, in, in, in the secondary in particular, um, I think I don't think the defense is very good to begin with. Um, last year, you kind of had a rare, healthy year from Sean Lee, um, and they managed to squander that, um, frustratingly enough for them. Um, and then now, with, with Doug Free retiring, you know, it is kind of not funny, but, you know, ironic that the, you know, everyone applauded, myself included, how patient they were building that offensive line. And now it's getting to the point that that offensive line's been in place for a little bit, and they're not really taking full advantage of it. Um, so I think they, in, in, in either way, I just, I don't believe in Jason Garrett for more than a year at a time. And this has kind of been the Cowboys the last 15 years. They take a step forward, and then, and then they go and take a step back. Um, so I don't think it's a giant regression. Um, but typically, you know, sophomore slump really hits quarterbacks who start young. Um, so I think you'll see a regression from Dak. Um, how Brady, you know, Brady in, in between all those three, three out of four Super Bowls went nine and seven and missed the playoffs in 2002. So um, most of the time, those guys will come out of nowhere. Now it's your second time through a little more tape out there. And um, I don't know, something about Ezekiel Elliott runs me the wrong way. So I'm really, uh, I'm really rooting for it. Yeah, well, you see, you see what happened to uh, Ty Gurley in the second year. Now, obviously, he's in a much worse team. But, yeah, we'll see what happens to Ezekiel Elliott. I think a lot is going to depend on what happens to Taco Charlton. They're relying on him to be their big rusher. They don't generally do that. They tend to lose a lot of four-man D-line rush stunts, twists, group, uh, group slants, that kind of thing. They don't like the blitz. Taco Charlton can really change things for them and improve their defense. Who knows what will happen. All right, let's turn to the next team in the NFC East, New York Giants. 11-5 and five last year, second in the NFC East. They also lost in the wild card round. They had some big additions. They picked up wide receiver Brandon Marshall. They picked up uh, offensive lineman DJ Fluker. They drafted uh, tight end Evan Engram, defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, and defensive end Avery Moss. A lot of good pickups there. They didn't really lose anybody of any significance, <clears throat> Victor Cruz. So tell me, what do you think about the New York Giants? Yeah, so – you know, when I said step back, I, I have the Cowboys going uh, going ten and six or nine and seven at a wild card, um, and I have the Giants taking a step forward and, and rising to the top of the division at twelve and four this year. Um, wow! I think Sterling, I think Sterling Shepard takes a big step forward this year um, in the number two receiver slot. I think Brandon Marshall is the most overhyped, um, obnoxious person in the NFL. Um, any anybody who who takes out midweek to go do a TV show for, for uh, reporting on the league he plays in is a moron. Now, um, I do love all the stuff he does with mental disorder, and uh, the, uh, the, the uh, football life on him turned me around on him a little bit, but he's, he's pissed me off again the last couple of years. So out on him, and I hope, he, uh, I, hope he, I hope they win in spite of him, not because of him this year. Um, but well, I think, the real yeah, point is yeah go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that defense. I mean, Landon Collins is going to win the P- defensive player of the year this year. He is a bad, yep. bad man. Janoris Jenkins still somehow, you know, in game when you watch games, people talk about him a lot. But outside, you know, the, the hype of when you when you mention the three or four best corners in football, most people don't throw out Janoris Jenkins when when he's at worst the fifth best, but I I would say top three. Um, I think he, I mean, I think at this point in his career, he's past you know Patrick Peterson in my opinion. Um, yep. I think he having a secondary like that, you add to the defensive line, and I thought the Ingram pick at tight end on offense was great. The one caveat and the one, not fear because I hate him, but the, the one concern I would have as a Giants fan is, and we've, me and you talked about it a lot the last couple of years, uh-huh. Eli isn't, you know, again, I've said this before on the show, but to reference Trent Dilfer, he isn't good anymore. Um, he hasn't yeah. had one down season or a bad couple games. He has been bad for two and a half seasons. And at yep. mid-30s, that's not a good sign. Most guys don't all of a sudden turn it back around at 35. 
So yep. if he's bad, then then they're going to be bad. Um, but I but I think there's enough talent. I think that defense can keep him in it enough um, that you know, especially with their playmakers. Eli has to make three or four good passes a game, and uh, Sterling and uh, yeah, I'll even throw Marshall in there. But you know, obviously, mainly Odell Beckham can really. Um, you know, you put the ball in Odell's hands on, on a slant route at your own 10-yard line, he can take it the distance. Yep, and I, and I agree with you. I think that the uh, Giants, as a combined set of corners, have the three highest quality pure cover corners in football right now. I mean, I, not individually, but as a group. Rogers Camardi, Janoris Jenkins, and a- Eli Apple, I think together they're very good. The only problem is they have no depth. Once one of those guys go out, they're going to have a problem. As we saw last year against Green Bay, Rogers Camardi left, and it basically got exploited after that. So that will be a problem. The other part uh, is that I'm concerned about their ground game. They basically have Paul Perkins. They drafted Wayne Gallman in the fourth round. He's nothing really special. We'll be interesting to see what they do there. They might not be able to take enough pressure off of uh, Eli, but we'll see. All right, let's turn to the Philadelphia Eagles. Tell me about the Eagles. They actually are 7-9. They're fourth in NFC East. They really were terrible. They do have some big additions, though. Alshon Jeffrey, LeGarrette Blunt, Torrey Smith, Chris Long, Timmy Jernigan, and Derek Barnett, and they drafted a whole bunch of cornerbacks and wide receivers in the draft. So they have underperformed, but they got a, they got a star quarterback. they got a starter. What do you think? What are the Eagles going to do this year? Yeah, um, you know, I'm kind of conflicted on the Eagles. I think I like what they've done building the young side of the team. With that said, every guy you just listed is a guy with pedigree from a couple years ago. And (laughs) I understand people will throw this at me over and over again. I know LeGarrette had 18 touchdowns last year, Um, you know, over half of which was in the one-yard line at, at 270, so he should be able to get in there. Um, so I don't think that's a great upgrade. Um, your guy, your guy there has really, really sour, made me sour on him. And, you know, there, there's really two positions that almost never hit the free agency market in football. If you have an, uh, a quarterback never hit the free agency market. Right. And then if you have right. an elite receiver, they almost never, they almost never hit the market. And when they do, they're right. your Terrell Owens. Now Terrell Owens, obviously a great talent, but um, Randy Moss, which means there's a lot of issues in the reports, and I know there's some slandering and stuff, especially when you're getting ready to get rid of a high-end talent. Um, but, you know, the, the, the character issues with Alshon Jeffries are, is concerning. Um, his, uh, his PED suspension uh, really uh, or was a drug, whatever it was. Either way, he got suspended for four games last year. Yeah, cost yeah. Him yeah. yeah, it cost me one of my fantasy leagues. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a wild card there, and Torrey Smith hasn't been good or relevant since the 2012 Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not high on those moves. But I thought they had a good draft. I like what they're building on the defensive side of the ball. And yep. um and, and Chris Long, please. Puh please bum did nothing last year and then he sat there and cried on his way out with passive aggressive comments on Instagram, which I took him to task to. And he's such a sensitive baby, he actually commented back to me like like I'm anybody. A, a nice guy you <laughs> got there, a real 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 tough guy, a real mental midget. Um but <laughs> You know, you know, he he left New England because he wanted to go find somewhere where he could have where he could have a good role. Well, how about you put up more than ten combined sacks in the last three seasons, you bum? Anyways, so I don't I don't have a lot of faith that he's going to bring a lot to, to Philadelphia. So with that said, I think Carson Wentz still actually continues to progress because I think he had his sophomore slump the second half of last year. Um, so he's got yep. a little more around him this time around. Um, so I think I think they finish around the eight and eight mark. You know, they'll be competitive. I think they'll lose a handful of close games that they'll look back on the end of the year and wish that they had won because it would have put them over the playoff hump. 
Yep. I agree with that, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Carson Wentz uh, takes the next step forward, particularly with a Jason, healthy Jason Peters on the offensive line. All right, let's turn to our last team because we don't have a lot of time left. Washington Redskins, 8-7-1 last year, third in the NFC East. They had some big additions. They added Terrell Pryor. They added Stacey McGee at linebacker and Terrell McClain at linebacker. They added DJ Swearinger at, at, at safety and a defensive lineman, Jonathan Allen. And, of course, they had a, a good draft with defensive ends, Ryan Anderson, cornerback Fabian. Moreau and running back Samaj Perrine in the fourth round. They didn't really lose anybody except for Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon who were basically over in their GM, which was just bizarre. So tell me, Washington Redskins, they got Cousins for one more year at least. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, I think they're in a little bit of a bridge phase. Again, another team I really liked what they did in the draft this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I know everyone says Garçon and Deshaun Jackson were over the hill. Um but they, they were basically two-thirds of that offense last year. So um, I think that's going to be a bigger loss than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Garcon actually had a pretty decent season last year. Um, mm-hmm. So Deshaun was a little little less effective. But um, Garcon, I think, is going to be a big miss, a big loss for them. Obviously, we'll have some, guys, some of the younger guys there stepping up um, and Crowder and stuff. But um, overall, I think they're going to finish like 6-10, and 7-9. They keep drafting well. I think they'll be relevant in a couple years. But – um, I think uh, they lose Cousins after this season. They'll probably take a step back this year, maybe even next year. Um, and then Swearinger, please, overrated. Oh, oh, he might even be more overrated than that than that overrated fraud of a squad he's played on the last couple of years, Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> please. All right. Well, I still like to see what Terrell Pryor and I want to see what Josh Doxson is because that was their first rounder from last year. Didn't really play. Only played 31 snaps because of injury. Anyway, there's a lot to look forward to in the upcoming season, and, uh, but we're out of time. So uh, give us your Twitter and Instagram so people can follow you, Ryan. Yes, uh, Instagram, football underscore garbage underscore time. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield NE and uh, watch me celebrate uh, another Jet player coming to New England to win a championship. Thanks, New York. <laughs> we sure we will. Follow me at FB Garbage Time. We'll be back again next week. We'll be previewing, previewing the rest of the league. So join us again and enjoy your NFL week. Bye-bye, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, he's going to stay. No, he's going to stay.